and welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs of the challenges and the opportunities that HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. My name is Julie Devlin, and I'm here with my esteemed co-host. <laughs> Don't lie to him, Julie, but hey, Chaz Fields here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Chaz. How are you today? Hey, Jules. I am so, so good. That's uh, awesome. I, I, here's the deal. Today is, is, a, is a great episode, but Julie, as always, uh, what, what made you smile today? Oh boy, what made me smile today? I don't know, Chaz. You know, I think what's making me smile just in general is that the weather's cooling down a little bit. Um, I love the fall. Yeah, the, it was going to be. Mine. Yeah, but like, okay, I'll also say this, and this is going to make me sound really, really basic. Um, but everything pumpkin is back, and like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I love. It makes Chaz cough. I, I love pumpkin everything. Um, so really, yeah, you didn't know that about me learning something new every day. Uh, uh, there is actually one of my favorite fall drinks, um, that involves that obviously I can't shout it out, but yes, (laughs) uh, I'm with you on that, but here's the deal. Uh, thing that made me smile today. I'm with you, right? Weather's cooling off, um, Mm -hmm. here in Texas, which will, will, it'll get warm again at some point right it always does we kind of have that week of like hey we're still going to hit you with triple digit weather yeah in in maryland here we call it fake fall yeah um (laughs) we're gonna have fake fall at some point but this week it's gonna get in between like the 60s and 80s which is really really nice it's actually perfect golf weather too julie just throwing that out there so (laughs) all right um, i'm coming down we can play some golf come on come on but that's neither here nor there here's the deal (laughs) julie uh business stat of the day yeah this is actually really special because uh there's gonna be some new research coming out from from uh ukg and uh, I got an email yesterday from a from a colleague that was like, "Hey, um, on October fourth, there's going to be uh, new findings from a survey that we did amongst retailers." And the the subject of this, you know, a little insight, right? Why are retailers struggling to attract workers? Julie, I think uh, this is top of mind for a lot. So, although yeah. this survey was focused on retailers, um, one of the biggest stats they she she gave us several. Uh, Tanya gave us several stats, but this one specifically, there was five reasons that bubbled to the top, and then an additional uh, stat. But I'm only giving the additional one. Okay, the additional one is 73 percent of retailers agreed from this survey we did with the statement it seems like people don't want to work in retail anymore. Yikes, Julie. Uh, yeah. That, tell me, what, what's your 70, first thoughts? 70, 73% is a astronomical amount of those surveyed. And it's, it's three out of four almost. I, I got I to gotta say, Chaz, you know, everywhere we go, everywhere, and I, when I say we, I'm going to include you too, because I know you've experienced this. Mm-hmm. It every, The whole world is short-staffed. The whole world. Sure. and And uh, and it seems like retail has been hit the hardest. Oh, absolutely. Um, and well, also hospitality, of course. Um, so, I mean, I recall times, you know, going to restaurants and seeing all these open tables and not being able to get a table because there's not enough servers or going into a store and having to wait for a very, very long time um, mm-hmm. for to check out because, you know, they don't have sure. folks at the cash register. Right. Um, and I, I think this is part of uh, of where we are today in the world. And it's something else that we're going to have to adapt to. 
<laughs> and I think maybe a lot of us have already. Um, you know, I don't know that we as a society are great with patience. Um, and I, if you, yeah, if you think about how we want everything immediately, right. um, go back to our consumerism conversation, right? Right. right. Uh, that doesn't really that lend was. itself to businesses being short staffed. So what are, what are your thoughts? No, I, it's funny because you kind of stole what I was going to talk about. Again, <laughs> this goes back to, you know, when we do this, it's, it's semi unscripted, right? Was the patience element. I remember in the middle of COVID and by the middle, I mean, uh, right when people were like, things were opening up back here in Texas. And I was talking with uh, Dan, who's one of uh, UKG's PR uh, managers. And I was, he was like, hey, you know, what'd you do last night? And we were kind of talking back and forth. And I was like, my wife and I went out to dinner for the first time in a public place in a really long time. Um, and I told him, I was like, man, I was like, there were, there were, I think four people in a huge restaurant that we were in and only two wait staff. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I told him, I was like, it's, it's just, it wasn't the same at the time. Um, you know, and that's in the hospitality range, but I, I, it obviously applies in, in retail too. I was at a huge department store the other day, uh, and, and I was just waiting and I, you know, I love self checkout lanes, but yeah. uh, you know, they usually have one person circul circulating the checkout lane and they had one side of the store self checkout lane shut down because I mean, they're just, they're understaffed. Right. Yeah. Like they're, they're simply understaffed. So um, going back to what you were saying is I think patience is something that we really need to extend a lot more of. And more importantly, we got to be a little bit more gracious in those individuals who do show up and who are just, I mean, checking out yeah, hundreds but, and hundreds and hundreds of items. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I also think that when we think about where we are as a society today, um, I think a lot of us are trying to get back to what normal was before the pandemic and that we're not going back there. I think that's becoming more and more and more clear. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a semblance of what that normal was, sure. but uh, and, you know, we're going to be able to go out. We're going to be able to go to places. We're going to be able to buy right. things. The supply chain will improve, but we do definitely need to show more patience, I think, yeah. um, for the people that do show up. So. No, that's spot on. And I think that's a great segue, actually, Julie, for the topic that we are going to discuss today. Uh, you know, Julie, it's it's a good one. And I'm going to tell you why, because <laughs> for most people or most businesses, at least the ones I've worked with, uh, have a plan year of one, one, which means you backtrack a little bit, uh, and you start thinking they've already made their decisions on their benefits plans. And thus we are in, uh, or most of you are in open enrollment season. And Julie and I were joking earlier, obviously you never get any questions during this time of year. Uh, it's not that busy ever, you know, yeah. obviously it's a huge joke, right? Yeah, end of but, year. <laughs> I mean, you got, you know, where's my W2? I mean, there's a, right. You know, on January 1st, people want their W-2. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll have discussions about that. <laughs> come, come, come December, right? So yeah. uh, we're, we're going to talk about it today um, from a couple of different perspectives and some different lights and obviously uh, through a quote unquote COVID lens, if you will. But Julie, before we do that, you were telling me this story the other day and, and I need you to share it mm -hmm. with uh, our listeners because I know there are some people out there that are going to relate. Yeah. So listen, I spent, listen, 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 learn from my mistakes. That's all I'm going to tell you. Um, 
uh, that's one of the, one of the biggest joys that I get out of our job, Chaz, is being able to talk to HR professionals to make sure that they're doing everything they can do to make their experience better, not just the employee experience. And I think about my time as an HR VP. I spent 17 years as an HR vice president. Um, and I went through 17 open enrollments. Um, I, and as a generalist, um, I was the, the head uh, of, of every open enrollment. Right. And let me talk about my experience. So maybe some of you can relate, maybe not, especially those of you at smaller organizations. Um, I, you, we used a broker, right? So that was helpful um, to have somebody actually go and shop the insurance for us. Um, But for the process itself uh, of getting people signed up, getting people enrolled, et cetera, that was something I had to do. And Chaz, I hate to say this, and it's embarrassing to say now when I look back, but I used paper. Um, And oh boy, (laughs) what do you, what do you think about that? (laughs) Uh, Julie, you know, um, opposite effect for me because I have actually never enrolled in benefits or uh, worked with those that have only used paper. Uh, yeah. Now, obviously when I was working in services, I've worked with companies that helped imp- implement software to, to do that. But me personally, uh, I, yeah, I'm such a millennial, right? Like I'm such <laughs> a millennial, but I can only imagine the headache that would cause. Cause like, I, I, I don't even like filling out single page paperwork for like my kids daycare. Let yeah. Alone. So what I, what I would do is I would get, I would have meetings and I would have folks uh, come and fill out their forms and we would have to have signatures on file. But when I, when I think back the, the cringeworthiness of that in terms of the amount of uh, protected health information that was floating around the, uh, you know, social security numbers, emergency contacts, uh, Medical conditions. I mean, it's, it, it's, yeah. Uh, it's terrifying. Yeah. Like it's, it's terrifying, right? It's yeah. a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. So, like, I think back and I'm like, wow, what was wrong with me? Why didn't I push harder to get that HR tech integration? Um, I think it's so important to make sure that uh, folks can uh, do their open enrollment online and mm-hmm. that it's in, that it's easy for people to do as well. But using an intuitive system, I think sure. is definitely important. And, you know, obviously I'm not here to sell you software, but um, I, I, I think that when we look at the HR experience flowing into a positive employee experience, that is a key part of it. You'd agree? Yeah, I would. And I, I want to take this a little step further from both the the paper base, but also my experience from the tech base. Let's let's talk a little bit about communication considerations, right? Mm-hmm. So so from your perspective as a VP, let's talk about what worked both from paper and as you transition to tech. And then what I want to do is tell you like the the stuff that mattered to me mm-hmm. per se, um, or, or collective groups of employees. Now I'm not just going to take it from my perspective or your perspective. Let's bring in like all the people we consult with Julie, but, um, let, let's start there because I think a critical yeah. element is that communication. Piece. Yeah. Yeah. It is a critical element. The communication about open enrollment. Number one, you got to figure out, okay, when are you going to announce if there's a new plan, when are you going to announce, Hey, it's open enrollment season, right? I remember employees would cringe, um, when mm-hmm. I would say, uh, it's, it's open enrollment time. Cause they were just afraid that I was going to take their benefits away or change their benefits. Right. right. I mean, you, but you can't always have the same benefits because the prices, they fluctuate right. like you crazy. Have a budget. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, step one is how far in advance do you prepare your employees for benefits for open enrollment? (laughs) Yeah. So, so, you know, me, Julie, like change practitioner (laughs) listening in. So I've worked for a couple of companies that have done it differently. Mm-hmm. And then I've implemented a lot of companies and, and worked with a lot of companies, consulting with a lot of companies that do it uh, even better, right? Mm-hmm. So, so for me personally, it's 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 typically about cost, right? Like we're now in the day and age that people know that open enrollment is going to happen at some point, mm-hmm. but I really like the key component that you mentioned of the win. And the best uh, company that have, uh, that has done it has given me a heads up to say it's coming. Mm-hmm. And then they give me a second one that's saying it's coming on these dates. Mm-hmm. And then I get the, Hey, OE has started. Right. And right. by this date. So we, we talk about tactical messaging. We talk about what am I responsible for? Frontline employees know that it's going to happen at some point, but they also need to know what action they should take and when they should take it by. And of mm-hmm. course that follow-up communication that happens throughout OE, um, you know, there's a lot of good tech out there that will say, hey, you actually didn't finish completing yeah. what it is. Um, the other yeah. side, of that, sorry, let me finish no, this. No, the other ahead, side of ahead. that tool, Jules, is the the cost element. So you actually mentioned this in a previous episode, and I don't remember what it was, but what I really appreciated from you when you said this was if the cost or provider was going to change, you explained the why, and you talked about so many companies don't actually explain the why because their doctor may be out of that network or whatever. And it's like, well, the company's just, you know, protecting themselves for this when in fact, no, we're just trying to provide the best care based on what the company can do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, there's a lot of employees who that was the main consideration. We're going to change benefits as my doctor's still going to be in that plan. And, uh, you know, that's something that's out of the employer's control. I think that's something that, you know, employees think that they take it personally. They think that you're trying to take their doctor away from them or something like that. And that's certainly not, not the case, but you're not pulling a list of the providers and saying, no, we're throwing them out because such and such has that doctor. No, you're not doing that at all. Exactly, exactly. But in terms of communication, just sort of wrapping it up. So what I did was I sent out emails. um, And I said, hey, we're gonna be meeting on this date this time, I need you to be there. And, you know, thinking back, you know, there were a lot of folks who weren't able to attend the meetings because of whatever reason. Um, and, And that just sort of lends itself to that whole, yes, we really should have done it via electronic means, which was something that happened later. So (laughs) um, just making sure uh, that you're having multiple methods of communication when it's time for open enrollment, that you're giving folks enough notice, kind of like what you said, Chaz, about how it's like the, okay, here it's coming. Okay. These are the dates. Okay. It's here, you know, and then, and then a reminder afterwards, I think something that's also really interesting that I've seen some companies do is they have post open enrollment surveys for their employees and they ask them, Hey, how did this go? Were you happy with your experience? Right. Right. Um, it's, it's, I think that's a no brainer. Yeah. I also think like we, we look at open enrollment as this tactical thing that we, you know, we just have to do and, mm-hmm. and I get it. Right. Or, you know, especially with ACA, you have to, you know, you have to wave, right. Like that's, it's a, re- it's a requirement, but I also think like in the instance that you're not using a broker and you're using your in-house team, you also have a chance to connect with employees that you may not get to see on a regular basis too. Right. And, and, and that's one of the key things. Like I, I know what it was like when uh, we were 
doing um, an open enrollment, like after a life event, right? Mm -hmm. Like after a major life event and, and going through that and having that support to say, Oh, Hey, you know, Chaz, we haven't talked in a while. Hope you're doing well. You know, we've noticed X, Y, Z, the work you're doing and blah, blah, blah. It was just really, really personal. I'm like, Oh, like, you know what I mean? Our, our HR team is, is happy to talk to me. And I thought that that was really, really cool. Right. You know, and our benefits team. So yeah. It, yeah, it can I mean, mean I, a lot more. It can mean a lot more than just checking a box. Hundred percent. And yeah, I think that also I'll just go back to the whole tech thing, right? If somebody has a baby, they have to put their baby on insurance. Man, it would have been a lot easier for them to do that from the hospital room on their phone rather right. than having to come to the office and fill out paperwork. And oh my gosh, just a million different things. So yeah, yeah. I, I think you all get the point. Uh, what we're suggesting is that you utilize uh, tech for all it's worth when it comes to open enrollment. So. Sure. But, you know, Chaz, I think something else that we can't forget about when it comes to open enrollment are the benefit offerings themselves and some of the new demands on employers because of those. Yeah, that's good. What do you want to say? Do you want me to comment real quick? Yeah, I want you okay, to comment. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that, right? So, uh, the last year we've really seen an uptick in EAP usage, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've seen it, uh, you know, mental health visits, therapy visits, all of those have, have continued to grow. I do believe if you haven't considered it or for whatever reason, uh, your, your plan year doesn't fall on one, one and you get to make decisions through your benefit and, you know, for your benefits right now, really consider a mental health health component. I think, Julie, that's definitely an increase. I think I think yeah. that's going to be a demand. What do you think? Yeah. And if you already have a mental health component, looking at the limits for it, um, looking at the offerings, making sure um, the utilization is there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, <laughs> what was prior to March 2020 is no longer. We live in a new world. Right. And with that, we have to look at new and innovative and really intuitive ways um, as employers that we can help our employees. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's going to be different for every workforce. It's going to be different geographically. It's going to be different uh, for for many, many different unique reasons. And I think Mm -hmm. this this lends itself to the whole employees or individuals as well, and not just the workers. So that empathetic leadership that we talk so much about. Yeah. And and it's okay. I think if we're going to continue to try and destigmatize, it's okay talking about that. And one easy way to do that is in the open enrollment process saying, hey, we did not have this before. For those of you that would like to consider, here's what we are offering from a mental health perspective. And that, you know what that does, Julie, is it starts a conversation, mm-hmm. right? And that that's what's really, really cool about this is it's not just, again, not just about checking a box, but... There's more to it, right? And, and I think about from a, a Teresa Smith and I spoke at Sherm, which I think we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, in our benefits scorecard, so we talk a lot about what we do here at UKG and how we measure these things. Um, program participation. So as an organization, you think about you're always measuring cost of benefits year over year. Some of that can be um, included in the program participation rate, which measures the initial adoption and ongoing participation of those employees and programs, you know, even looks at resources like mental health resources to improve health and well-being. That way you can really start diving into, okay, last year we didn't have a lot of people or anybody participating in XYZ program. 
maybe we can reallocate those funds and money to something new that that we know is in higher demand now, something like mental health. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Oh, no, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And I think uh, just briefly wrapping up with this conversation, I think that it's also important for folks to know that you, you do have mental health benefits because you'll be surprised if you ask employees, really you know, yeah. tell me, you know, you know, we have mental health, but oh no, I didn't know that. Or, you know, maybe even your health insurance covers some kind of component of, uh, of, uh, well being or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, employees need to know, don't keep these benefits a secret, especially during the open enrollment period, making sure that you're keeping these benefits, these value adds, for employees, top of mind for them. So they know what they're getting from you, the employer, and thus their experiences improved. So mm-hmm. Chaz, we're running out of time, but just last thing I want to mention, um, and I know you wanted to talk about a little bit about it too, is just making sure that uh, we're staying in compliance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that, Julie, because we're, we're starting to see some things happen with vaccines and mandates and, and mm-hmm. considerations with that. Um, what, what's that going to do for uh, the benefit component of increasing cost? What's your insurance company is going to do? What's the government going to require? Some things that we're just thinking about right now that may or may not happen in the future. But uh, when it comes to auditing that information, uh, open enrollment's at critical time, right? Where it's uh, if you so choose and, and, and the employee decides, hey, yes, I want you to know that I've been vaccinated or not. Uh, being able to pull that information and audit. Because uh, I do think, Julie, at some point, there will be uh, some compliance components that that we're going to have to keep up with. What are your thoughts? Yeah. And also partnering with uh, organizations that are going to help you keep up with those compliance yeah. uh, demands. Sure. Making you know, It's nice to get emails from partners that say, hey, just want you to remember to do this or want you to know, hey, this date's coming up or whatever. Just making sure that you're partnering with the right people uh, so that way, it helps, again, it just helps your experience as an HR professional. Um, And I I think, you know, Chaz, just sort of wrapping up, when we talk about open enrollment, there's a million different things that we can talk about. But I think what it boils down to is this is another one of those moments that matter along the employee journey. Another one of those moments that people are going to, it's either going to make or break their employee experience. Yeah. yeah, along with along with everything else, so yeah, um, and it's it's the one time of year that it happens, you know, or at mm-hmm. least you know, typical. It's right, it's the one time of year it happens. You go back to that thing, Julie, where you're like, oh no, it's open enrollment season yeah. again, right? <laughs> that you talk about employees. Well, that's that's because they had a bad experience before. Right. So we, we hope that this encourages you, Julie. Uh, let's talk about it. Today, you found your purpose in what? Found our found my purpose today in uh, making sure that your open enrollment is uh, driven by technology <laughs> um, and not driven by papers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, t- today, I found my purpose in the communication, right? Yeah. Uh, too much communication means that someone, it, the message is reaching someone. And for someone like me, um, and many, many others, they want to know what, how, who, and when it needs to be done. And that's really, really critical. What's the last one, Jules? Yeah. Um, and, you know, over communication, I think, yep. like what you said, like in different methods of communication, et cetera. 
So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. A few reminders before we leave, as always, uh, please like subscribe, use the hashtag people purpose pod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the workforce Institute UKG by visiting the workforce Institute.org. Julie, I think we just set a record for the longest podcast episode <laughs> we've ever recorded. And we, 24 and, minutes. yeah. So. And, and, and it's about open enrollment. So you're welcome, everybody. We, we picked the most, the most interesting topic possible to do the longest episode for if you're still with us thank you we love you all we love you we love our listeners (laughs) we appreciate y'all this is us signing off cheers y'all take care